Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is the award-winning clawhammer banjoist, old-time fanatic and fiddler, Ludwig Treffio. I'm really glad I had the opportunity to ask him about his story because usually when we get together, we get straight to banjo playing and there's not a lot of talking. Old-time is funny like that. I've developed all these deep connections with people without really knowing anything practical about them because I tend to let the music do the talking. I guess for that reason, I'm really grateful for the show. Uh, In an effort to introduce my friends to you, I've gotten to know them a lot better, and now I'm a lot better friends with them. If you want to support Get Up in the Cool and be my friend and get some cool rewards for doing it, go to CameronDeWitt.com and click the button that says Patreon. Sign up to regularly throw some money at the show, and you'll get access to weekly bonus tracks, MP3 downloads, and uh, karma. It's easy. You can set it up on your phone or computer while you listen. This week's bonus track is a banjo duet of Camp Meeting on the 4th of July. And boy, it is pretty. It's probably one of the top three banjo duets in the show to date, and it's not even in the episode proper. Definitely worth saving for my bonus track level patrons. All right, Ludwig and I are going to get started with a little tune called Happy Hollow. Enjoy. Thank you. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's it. H Happy Hollow? Happy Hollow from uh, fiddler Marcus Martin. Thanks, Marcus. Thank you That's for beautiful. that. That's yeah. uh, beautiful. Ludwig Drevio. Correct. Just learned how to say your name. <laughs> well, I can't blame you for uh, yeah. for uh, getting some of the phrases wrong there. It's uh, it's actually Drevfjell. Drevfjell. Uh, that would be the way to pronounce it in Swedish. It's, yeah. um, it's a uh, original last name. It was taken by my parents... Uh, after um, it's, uh, I'm named after a mountain in Norway. They, mm. uh, I've been told uh, they ventured to Norway when I was uh, mom was still carrying me, and uh, they saw this this uh, mountain where uh, I believe we also have some some type of family friends, and they live around in proximity of that mountain, and they thought it was beautiful, and they took it on. So it's actually I'm actually the only one in Sweden who's named that way, except for my other family members. Yeah, interesting. So. Uh, you're Swedish, and you play traditional American music. Yes. And uh, you guys are slowly uh, taking over. <laughs> yes, I mean uh, we're here at Clifftop, and it's uh, what day is it today? It's uh, Monday. Monday, I yeah, think. Monday. Yeah, we're on Cliff Time, so it's <laughs> yeah, just yeah. a little hard to, you know, yeah. your perception of time sort of yeah. blurs away. But yeah, I was actually surprised. Uh, this year is probably the biggest Swedish invasion we've had uh, ever since <laughs> I came here three years ago. Uh, last year there weren't overly many of us. Uh, but this year, uh, mostly from the little, slightly older crowd, the guys who sort of brought old time and bluegrass to Sweden, I would dare say so, in the 70s, 80s, like they started playing. And there's a whole bunch of people here from Sweden I haven't met before. And wow. uh, there's also people who I've who I've been jamming with and who who sort of uh, took me under their m m took me under their wings when when I started uh, uh, taking an interest in this music. Yeah, man. When. When did that start? Uh, that would be... Uh, when and how? Well, yeah, that's a good question. It, uh, it was three years ago, uh, a little over three years ago, I dare say. It was around May 2013. Uh, at the time, I was working as a journalist for a tabloid newspaper, and uh, the way they organized the, the newsroom was we worked shifts. So I had a lot of free time. You know, I, I worked, would work for five days, and then they, I would have five days off, and nice. five days on, and, and so forth. Uh, and uh, during this time, I was uh, in the process of moving to Stockholm, the capital of Sweden, and um, I uh, I remember it quite clearly. I had uh, ended one of my shifts, and I was still uh, in the uh, process of moving, so I, I went out to my parents in the countryside for the weekend, and uh, for some reason, I um, stumbled across a documentary uh, that was really not related to old time. It was a uh, documentary about a guy in Tennessee, I believe. I, I want to make a disclaimer. I'm, I'm, my U.S. geography is horrible, and, and so <laughs> is my memory. But uh, this documentary was Mine about... Mine isn't a, that great either. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, uh, it was about a guy named uh, Popcorn Sutton. Ma Marvin Sutton. He, he was called Popcorn, and he was a moonshiner. And this, this documentary was really nothing fancy either. It was, uh, if I remember it correctly, he had ordered... He had asked some of his friends to document his last run of moonshine that he would huh. ever do. And it was sort of shot with this uh, janky uh, home videotape camera. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't really old time related either. I really don't know, but I remember a sequence in this document, and I don't even know why I clicked it. It, was, it just popped up in my suggestions, and they said, uh, Hey, would you like to watch this? And I guess, yeah, I was, had a slow night, you know. And um, I watched it, and uh, something just happened there i people describe psychosis as something that just 
you know, <laughs> formerly well, mentally well people just turn crazy all of a sudden. And I snapped. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty exactly just what happened. And they didn't play uh, old time music really, but they, 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 it was a few sequences when uh, this guy, Marvin Sutton's friends, came over to his uh, hiding place where he sat up his, his still, yeah. starting to do his moonshine. And they picked a few tunes. And I, I don't know, something, something just happened to me when I saw that. It was, it was strong. I can't really describe it either. But um, I watched the banjo player, and she was, it was a woman, and she played Scrog style banjo. And, uh, I then remember that there's another way of playing clawhammer banjo uh, that I because I a couple of years earlier maybe one or two years earlier I was you know just noodling around on the ukulele I was moving around a lot at the time and I I wanted to play music but but you know dragging my drum kit around which I was I'm a former drummer I, I and I've always enjoyed making music with other people I studied music in high school mm. just dragging that drum kit around and having no one to play with yes, that yes. wasn't just sustainable yeah. you know so i bought a new ukulele and i i looked up some lessons and i came in contact with the claw hammer style practiced it a little bit but then everything just sort of died i i didn't really get anywhere and uh, i didn't understand what i was doing yeah but um i remembered that i'd also come in contact with claw hammer banjo lessons on youtube yeah. I, I i'd seen you know, so and, and I really wanted to be a part of that whole thing that was going on in this documentary. Just just seeing how they could effortlessly just sit down and play some tunes with each other, for, just for the heck of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that's a poor explanation, but that's and it's no, very it's non glamorous, great. but that's actually what happened. So a couple of days I, later, you're painting a uh, a really nice picture. <laughs> I'm just here in my. I, I'm just uh, picturing you just like uh, it's like frigid cold in the middle of Stockholm yep. and you're just like Netflixing alone and you're just like so you're seeing this like this hot hot Tennessee you know still you know and you're like oh man that's what I need right now in my yeah. life yeah <laughs> like yeah. that's that's beautiful I well love I mean it was it was also of course something I mean there's a I don't want to get too you know blown up about this whole you know uh, how would I put it uh, the deeper sort of connection that musicians get and the the, the thing of, 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 of getting together and unity and all of that. But yes. but certainly there was an element of that that I, I just you know, they're just sitting down there and they're picking a few tunes and they have a beer and they have a laugh and they yeah. go at it again. So uh, I went to the music store, I bought a banjo and uh, over the course of a few days I just started figuring out how to play Cripple Creek yep. Clawhammer style <laughs> yep. on this resonator Chinese old hunk of shit that was from you know 150 dollar yeah banjo that's how i started too <laughs> yeah i mean and and uh thank god for cheap banjos because yeah. who knows how many banjo players have emerged from that right uh, first experience with uh so i kept on doing that and all and i started researching getting an understanding of how the whole jam culture works and there's oh there's festivals and no oh, of course most of this is happening in the u.s uh, and uh, a couple of months later, I there was this uh, folk music event in S Stockholm, which I attended, and uh, there was a jam, an open jam. A um, April Virch, a great Canadian fiddler, she played a show there with her band, and and uh, after that, that was my first actually encounter with a banjo player ever. Mm. I would say uh, Cody Walters is the name of her banjo player. Really good. Uh, and uh, there was a jam afterwards, and we, we I played music with this whole Stockholm crowd that um, that at the time had a weekly jam going, and you know the 
one of the uh, one of the most uh, prominent players there. Uh, actually, their whole family. It's it's uh, Elizabeth Burton, their daughter Agnes, really good fiddler. Uh, Elizabeth came up to me afterwards and said, "What do you like the most? Do you like old time or do you like bluegrass? It's so fun to see a new person, new face here uh -huh. in the scene. Do you like old time or bluegrass?" And I was too embarrassed to admit that I couldn't really tell the difference uh -huh. just there and then. I was so I was I was standing there, and she was really. Elizabeth was really, you know, she was staring at me. She was really excited to hear what what would uh -huh. be the answer, and I just said, "Well, I guess it's old time then." And she she said, "Oh, good. Now now you're one of us." It's <laughs> <laughs> a moment of truth. <laughs> yes, that, that's exactly what happened. It was at a subway station when we were leaving this festival, and uh, that's amazing. Well, after that, I started hanging out at the local jam in uh, in uh, Stockholm, which was run by Rachel Eddy, great fiddler who lived lived in Sweden at the time. She now lives in West Virginia. And she did a heck of a job uh, keeping uh, keeping this old time jam running. Yes, once yes. per week, and uh, and I started hanging out there, and uh, and uh, I befriended a lot of people there, and it was just a nice scene to be in. And uh, well, some a few months later, she said that well, she she should come to the U.S. this summer, summer of yeah. uh, 2014, and you should hang out at Clefttop. And well, it was more or less a done deal, and yeah, here I am. <laughs> here you are, man. Right on. That's uh, that's really cool. I, I hear Rachel's responsible for a lot of that uh, proliferation of uh, the old time scene over there. Oh yeah, I dare say that that uh, of course I not to to cast any shadow over anybody else because uh, there's uh, quite a few people that were actually playing and uh, and doing this thing way before she even yes got to Sweden uh, and and uh, a lot of people I've met in, in Sweden used to go to fiddlers conventions in the US in the 80s and even yeah. 70s uh, Magnus mm -hmm. Norman a great uh, mentor of mine uh, that I've uh, taken some lessons from and uh, who has showed me quite a bit about old time he, he used to venture here way before uh, way before the digital age and he played with Tommy Jarrell and Benton yeah. Flippin and all the other guys so yeah the, it pretty much became an addiction uh, of mine uh, and this is my third year here at Clifftop and uh, and yeah. I've made uh, good friends and I've had uh, it, it's really changed me in, the, in the, the the core of my my persona so to speak yeah man I feel the same way I feel the same way about myself uh, let's let's play Sourwood Mountain. It's quint quintessential. Yes. Alright, Sourwood Mountain.
Bummer. Hi ho diddlem day. <laughs> Something like that. Something yes, like there's that. uh there's yeah. a few recordings um yeah. of that uh where where they have uh seem to have uh different words. Yes. Uh every time you hear someone different singing it. So I don't think there's typically a uh cohesive uh narrative arc to this is more of a tune with words as opposed to a song. <laughs> yeah, it's a living tradition, you know, yeah. and it's uh yeah. it's, I guess it's shaped under very harsh yeah. circumstances where Way before recording devices and uh, yeah. and uh, t you know music schools were ever available. Sure. <laughs> true. 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 Do you have you played any traditional Swedish music? Do you play any of that Swedish fiddling? I do not, uh, and I have uh, never done that either. My family used to spend uh, quite a bit of time in uh, Dalarna County. It's a bit up north where uh, there's uh, usually. Um, a whole bunch of folk music festivals going on during the summer. So when I was a little kid, I uh, have uh, fragmented memories of uh, walking around as a little toddler on one of these folk music festivals. Yeah. And uh, so I've I've seen fair, my fair share of of, of these um, these gatherings with with uh, Swedish fiddlers where they play in the big mm. Spelman's log. Yeah. That is when uh, uh, you can see like twenty fiddlers at a time playing these old polkas and marches and everything. But my uh, my mother's sister, my my aunt, would it be right? Uh, she's a uh, yes. She's uh, a <laughs> yeah. she's a prominent uh, fiddler, and uh, she lives in Norway, and she cool. she she plays a whole bunch. And also my cousin, her her son, both of them are extraordinary fiddlers. Uh, so they uh, usually when we have these family gatherings or when we bump into each other, she usually has her fiddle and she sings these old Norwegian and Scandinavian and even Swedish uh, songs and uh, and uh, uh, plays the fiddle, and she's. Uh, Ah, uh, she's a heck of a fiddler. Yeah, but I, uh, no, I've ne I've never played it myself. No. I gotta say, part of my reason for my my dream someday is to be able to like sit in a little bit on one of those. That's why I picked up the fiddle. I mean, I picked up the fiddle so I could be a gentleman banjo player. And if there another banjo player comes to the jam, I'll be like, please, you banjo now. I'll I'll fall fiddle. Yeah, uh, that's that's uh that's pretty much my uh, reason for picking up this this fiddle too. Uh, the the, uh, the fiddle I um started out. Two years ago, I think, and uh, mm -hmm. and uh, something like that. I've, I've uh, and no lessons were available. Like they're, they're, I've, yeah, I've taken some or, or sat around with some fiddlers in Sweden, and they've showed me quite a well, bit. Well, I think you sound dandy. You sound well, real good, man. Thank you, sir. Yeah, and uh, likewise to you. I'm, yeah. I'm very impressed. Your, your banjo playing. Uh, yeah, that Swedish stuff. I I sat in on a on two. I don't know if it was Swedish or Nor or Norwegian. I because I I don't know the traditions very well. Uh, all I knew is it sounded super Northern European, and it was spooky, and it gave me the chills, and I didn't know what to do on banjo. <laughs> and I think maybe they, it was an awkward third wheel, but it was really cool. I don't want to hear more of that stuff. It's definitely uh, very different from uh, what we're doing here. I mean, the, yeah, yeah. The, uh, of course, the, the polkas and the marches and everything are fairly straight, but then you yeah. start going into the to the more obscure... Uh, tunes where they change timing and, and yes. it's very even I you know I used to play the drums for a, quite a 
about a decade yeah. or something like that and I studied rhythm very closely yeah uh, but even I, I I can't tap my foot to it because I, it just I get lost so I'm very very mesmerized and very yes. very very spooked by by how these these big gatherings with about 20 fiddlers at a time can play yes. a tune and no one of them gets lost and yeah my aunt has also told me that uh, there's uh, uh, specifically in Norway, the bowing is very, very crucial. Like the the older older fiddlers, they will they will sort of cringe or even you know look give a give a stink eye to someone who's who's not really doing the bowings correctly. Um, yeah, there isn't there a Norwegian fiddle that has five strings and it's almost it's almost flat, like the bridge mm -hmm. is almost. What's do you the Hardanger ha fiddle? Yes. The Hardanger fiddle. I'm not sure how many. I know there's sympathetic resonating yeah, strings yeah. under the. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Underneath it. <laughs> That's. Insane. I think so. <laughs> I, I haven't studied it closely, but but uh, I know my my aunt plays plays yeah. one of those, and uh, it's definitely a cool, cool instrument. Yeah. But then let's also not forget about the key uh, fiddle, the nickel harpa. That is. Um, uh, Pretty much a giant version of a fiddle that you hold in your lap. Oh, is that like a hurdy gurdy? Yeah. Are well, they similar? Uh, they are similar in the way that they give away this very droney sound. Yes. Uh, but uh, you hold it um, in your lap and you play the. Uh, there's wooden keys on it rather than fretting the actual fretboard. You um, yeah. you hold it down and you you press down the keys. It's, it's like a piano pretty much. But yeah. that that is too wild for me. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, I, five <laughs> strings is plenty for me. Well, you want to play some banjo duets? Sounds good. Let's do it, man. Uh, we were getting in D, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. We'll tune to D real quick. Um, so your plan is Lucas Pool banjo, which is one of the prettiest things I've ever seen. Mm, thank you. Uh, give, give Lucas Pool a little free plug. <laughs> yeah, a and I I gotta say he uh, he should definitely get all the advertising he he can uh, he can get because uh, these these banjos are. This is the finest instrument I've ever I've ever had in my hands. It's a um, 12-inch uh, walnut banjo with a rolled brass tone ring and a wangi fingerboard here. Uh, and uh, I wish we could convey through the um, sound medium here how it looks, but yeah. it's uh, pretty much uh, it's got Roman numerals on it uh, instead of dots on the fretboard <laughs> here and a stag on the peghead, which I specifically asked for too. Yeah. Uh, Why a stag? Well, uh, say your spirit animal. Well, <laughs> it's sort of actually. Uh, nice. I'm I'm not very, um, I'm not very um, superstitious, but I believe there there's something mythical and, and cool about the stag, and also and the deer. Uh, the uh, other reason was that um, uh, where my parents live out in the countryside in, in Sweden, I I um, I've gone for a whole bunch of walks out there. There's a lake that I usually walk around. When I need some some thinking time, and uh, I always run into like big flocks of deer that are just running around, and and uh, it's it's really beautiful actually just seeing a big flock of deer just standing around, and all of a sudden someone gives gives the the signal that danger is close, or we, yeah. we're seeing someone that that shouldn't be here, and they all just leap away into yeah. the woods, and they move really graciously, and and uh, my parents' house has meant a lot for me also, and yeah. and this this closeness to the nature so that, that's i mean that's once again that's a pretty pretty yeah. you know ballsy thing to say that oh it's that's the reason why i want something symbolic symbolical and, and i think it's sweet personal. i like but, it <laughs> yeah that's, that's the story behind it and also of course all the deer tunes such as forked deer yes, and, yes, uh, and uh rockwood deer's chase and that's a yeah. bluegrass tune but i love it <laughs> <laughs> 
So, um, yeah, I was thinking we could do uh, Big Liza Jane. Big Liza Jane. Never uh, heard this before. <laughs> I think it's called also, there's, I've come across it as Big Liza Jane's Holiday or even Big Liza Jane's Christmas Holiday. Uh, and I learned this one through from Adam Hurt, a, a, a very short snippet of him playing this, this tune here. Wonderful. So, uh, here we go. I wasn't trying to harmonize that. I just kept forgetting the notes. Wow, it's a real pretty <laughs> tune. <laughs> right on. Um, yeah, Adam Hurt. Thanks for Big Liza Jane. Where do you get it from? I saw uh, a video of Adam Hurt playing it on YouTube. Okay. This is actually the way I have to do yes. do it during the winter months when I'm not in the U.S. Yes, I, yes. I have to uh, sort of uh, vacuum the web. Yeah. for uh, new banjo tunes and new versions of it and uh, also um, just trying to figure out how these top-notch players are doing mm -hmm. it so I can do my best to do my own interpretation of mimicking it. Cool. Well, um, you had a D minor one that you wanted to play? What is it? Yes, it is a, a D minor version of Rocky Mountain Goat. I learned this from Rachel Eddy, a uh, West Virginia fiddler and banjo player extraordinaire. Uh, I took some lessons from her uh, early on when I started playing the banjo and uh, she showed me this tune and uh, I 
think it is a Richie Stearns tune, also a good banjo player. I think mm. this is his creation, but I'm not sure. Uh, I haven't heard it being played very much in jam sessions at all. It's it's probably more of a banjo tune, modern creation type gotcha. of deal. But it's really fun to play in the key of, of D minor. It, 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 I mean, for are you are you banjo players listening to this? You can just you know move a fret down from the from your home base, and, and all of a sudden you have this spooky chord here. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this is uh, Rocky Mountain Goat. And, D minor fairly close to how Rachel taught taught it to me. man that's awesome that's a cool haunting tune yeah yeah very haunting very cool what's that called again rocky mountain goat rocky uh mountain goat. the conventional version is in d minor or uh d major sorry or even c major i've heard it played oh, into interesting. uh so if you would do it if you would do it in minor uh, major uh it's a little different with the melody but 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 huh. you would pretty much like move up half right up and oh Cool, so cool. Yeah, I've, I've, although I will say I've never played it in a jam session, uh, the major version or the minor version for that matter. But yeah, it's it's cool if you if it's a cool tune to work on. It's got a lot of interesting uh, yeah. uh, techniques to it. Yeah. Uh huh. That'd be cool to do a slow minor mashup into the fast major. Mm hmm. Maybe Absolutely. Could do that. Yeah. Or maybe Richie already did that. I don't know. <laughs> that would make sense. You you've been a 
you've been a, a, a journalist and a tabloid journalist for a long time mm-hmm. and finding your sort of salvation in old in old time music oh absolutely <laughs> changing changing everything changing all the rules yeah pretty much uh i mean for a long time work was my big hobby and, yes uh, learning more about journalism and and uh you know keeping on top of current events and yeah. reading about what's going on in the world and uh, and writing about it and uh, all of that sort of took up pretty much all my all my time right, and my space you, you don't just clock in and clock out you got to be kind of current yes and like if yeah. a journalist is, is really never off duty i mean yes. do you see if you see anything worth reporting you just call your editor yes but uh while i was uh i was working at a tabloid in in uh in stockholm i um and that was my goal you know i've always wanted to work at that specific newspaper and i yeah. worked really hard to get there and, and eventually i did and i had a good time and i had great colleagues and everything but after a while i just felt like there's something missing i don't really do anything outside of work and i yeah. pretty much just hung out with my old pals plus some journalists and 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 i didn't really have anything i wanted something to do basically so i i um when it when when old time came into the picture uh because there's certainly a pre and post old time ludwig uh mm-hmm. For better or worse, I don't know if you if you mm-hmm. ask people in my proximity, then then they might you know have liked me better before all of right. this. Right. <laughs> yeah. What happened to her? <laughs> yeah, that is that's pretty much uh, the case. He's lost from us. Yeah. <laughs> well, snapped. you know, all of a sudden I come into my circle of friends there in Sweden and start talking about this weird three chord music from the 1800s. Yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. know what's happened to me. So, <laughs> of course, uh, the, 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 it has uh, it has been hard for my like a lot of people around me they they i mean it, once again it sounds like i'm you know I'm, i've announced some pretty big yeah. change you know hey i'm actually i'm actually a woman or something like yeah, that yeah. you know people would people would would talk like this in terms of this right. uh, you know in, you're like, transitioning my transition yeah exactly into being an old time musician but definitely it's it's uh it's it's all so fun so i can't stay away from it and yeah, i just man. talk about it all the time i listen to it at the gym i listen to it when i before I go to sleep and in the mornings when I yeah. go to work and drink my coffee and I say, oh, can I find a new fiddle tune on Slippery Hill? Yes. Also some advertisement for a great website yes. for all you old-time nerds out there. Uh, we, we plug Slippery Hill quite a bit. Oh, we haven't said give them money. If you got money, give Slippery Hill money if you're using it. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. That Larry Warren, who's running the site, is doing an awesome job with, yeah. with collecting all these recordings. And it's so cool that... I mean, look around us. We have, uh, I guess we're up in the thousands now here at Clifftop, do you think? Last year, it was supposed to be 5,000 people. I heard that 5,000 people came and went. I don't have any trouble believing that, but but we're certainly way above the thousands, I dare say, uh, here Monday. We're at Monday, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It's Cliff time. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And it's so cool that something so... That that was created such a long time ago. It still yes. can echo and 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 bring people to all these gatherings and festivals. And, and now you're gonna try to catch all the. Uh, I imagine how many festivals did you catch in the previous previous years? Just I've Cliff actually Top, well yeah just Cliff Top. I I've this year we managed to uh, go down to uh, Indiana Fiddlers Gathering. I haven't been to that one. It's a good uh, festival out in Battleground. Indiana, uh, mm. of course, smaller than Clifftop because Clifftop is like the 
the ultimate ultimate festival experience yes. in my opinion uh but uh kudos to the guys running uh indiana federalist gathering we had a great time there me and some friends played played tunes up until about three in the morning i guess and and you know just like the way it's supposed to be at a yeah. fiddler's gathering and it's it's interesting too because the repertoire was slightly different there you had a, a lot of people coming from different parts of the maybe more remote parts uh coming to uh this festival so i we definitely picked up a, a few new tunes there is brad leftwich from indiana yes he lives in bloomington uh See, indiana. he go to that place uh, to that uh, festival? i've been told he does but uh this year he wasn't there i heard rumors about dan gellert being there uh, as far as notable players go, this might be me just not knowing everybody in the old time sure, scene. Sure, sure. I don't but know. I met, uh, I had a uh, nice encounter with uh, Chirp Smith, great mid- yeah. Midwestern fiddler, uh, also a composer of, of great new old time tunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had we got some tunes in with him and uh, a whole bunch of these people who have never been recorded, but of course are, are extraordinary fiddlers and banjo players. And man, we yeah we had a we had a great time there for sure. But uh, I'm aiming to uh, go to Augusta after this. We'll see. Wonderful. Uh, that would that would be uh, that would be fun. I I, I think it's nice to uh, to see a little something different, you know, from Clifftop. Even Certainly. though it's it's seeing Clifftop as your first old time festival, it can be quite disappointing to get to smaller gatherings and just realize that every festival isn't really of the caliber that sure, Clifftop sure. is. Uh, you should come to Gennaro. That's What's in the that? Poconos. Are, how long you stayed in Brad Bradford? Bradford, yeah. How long you stayed in there? Well, we're. Uh, uh, well, I'm. I'm actually not there anymore. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm now venturing on to other other places okay. in the U.S. Yeah. Well, Poconos is uh, where, like northern Pennsylvania, Lake Janeiro. It's Labor Day weekend, and uh, it's other than Clifftop. I would probably say it's my favorite. My second. I'd say it was my second favorite. Mm-hmm. It's. Uh, it is small, but. There's a lot of really awesome players who come, and uh, I've had some just incredible jams there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, so the weather's a little cooler, you know, and it's by a lake, and people actually have fires there. And uh, yeah. But do you get that feeling also that uh, going to these smaller gatherings, that after seeing Clifftop, they're not just as impressive, and you would have to work like to think of, think past that? Um. Well. I don't know if I would want to go to multiple cliff tops a year. I like the function that, like, well, here's something. I want to be going, you know, this this summer, I'm going to like six festivals. So, you know, some of those have to be weekend festivals. <laughs> you know, I can't do, <laughs> I can't do like six weeks of week long festivals. So mm-hmm. I, I like the function that they have in my life because I, I like camping, but. Not as much as I like camping while playing music. So it's like, well, most most people in the summer, you know, camp every other weekend. I go to old time festivals every right. other weekend, you know. So I like, I like that. Yeah, I like, um, and you know, at some of the smaller festivals, you get like, kind of, you you spend more time with specific people, you know, and have some smaller, more intimate jams, and uh, you're not con- the the jams aren't necessarily constantly changing, you know, mm-hmm. like. Uh, I had one jam uh, last year at Gennaro with Brian Slattery and uh, Jody Kruskal, uh concertina player. You play with him? Never did. Oh, but... you should. He's here. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, we just played for played for hours, and uh, and it got really weird, you know, in a good way. <laughs> like we we really explored the tunes like Brian does, you know, and uh, you know that can happen here, but it uh, 
things are constantly constantly moving and shifting at Clifftop because there's thousands of people and the people watching, you know, asking to join, not asking to join and joining anyway, you know, and like, you know, so it's it's just different. I, I like the I like the intimacy of a small festival and I don't need to be constantly overwhelmed. Yeah. But well, may, maybe I don't have maybe I'm not as fervently addicted as you are but <laughs> well i gotta say i mean as far as people who have never been here might be a little overwhelmed hearing about this great big gathering of fiddlers cliffstop yes. west virginia you know it's thousands of people coming here and it, it sounds like it's more or less the the, the burning man with fiddles oh. <laughs> but, but it's it's really not because it i mean just since you have so much time on your hands if yes. you get here early you sort of enter this hypnotic state that i've heard referred to as cliff time cliff time yeah and uh it be it can become very intimate here too i mean when in a couple of hours from from now we we will get some the the you know the night will start to fall upon the area and it will be dark and people will start light lighting their candles and lanterns yeah. and everything and and uh it's it could be can be a little hard to get in any jam but but definitely when you end up in a jam here and and this candle is burning in the middle and everybody's yeah. sitting around playing it same tune for 10 minutes and then opening a beer and then doing the same thing over again un until daybreak pretty yeah, much yeah. that is that is a, what i would call the most intimate experience yes certainly available yeah amen amen well let's uh let's remember what we're gonna play And then we'll uh, and then we'll cut right to us playing that. Have a sounds have a good. Bit. Thanks so much for being on the show. I'm gonna do it one more time. Ludwig, uh, dr is it the V and then the F? Cor the V okay. and then the F. Yes. Okay. Let me Ludwig Drevfiel in a very American accent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next thing you'll hear is us playing that tune that we forgot that we were gonna play. Fortune. Oh yes. We don't even have to skip for it. Right. <laughs> Wonderful. Fortune. Good. Good round peak tune. Here it comes. Here it comes.
you're a clawhammer banjoist or aspiring clawhammer banjoist in the Toronto area, Ludwig would love to take you on as a student. If you're in the general vicinity of Earth or anywhere else with Wi-Fi, Ludwig also offers Skype lessons. You heard his playing. The man is incredible. Also, he won second place at Clifftop last year. And Ken Perlman and Adam Hurt were judges, so basically the very best clawhammer players are in consensus that he's at the top of the heap. And it's not just his technique. Ludwig has a deep emotional understanding of what the music is for. And he has a lot of passion to spread around. So you can find him on Facebook and ask for lessons. Or if that doesn't work, uh, send me a message on the Get Up in the Cool website or Facebook page, and I'll put you in contact with him. If you want to support Get Up in the Cool and get access to bonus tracks, MP3 downloads, and other exclusive stuff, thank you. That's really awesome. It takes a special kind of person to offer their money when they could remain anonymous and consume entertainment for free. So just go to CameronDeWitt.com and click the button that says Patreon, or follow the link in this episode's description on your podcatching app. If you're unable to contribute financially, which I totally understand, uh, please share Get Up in the Cool on Twitter and Facebook. Give it a five-star review on the iTunes and sneak into your friends' phones and subscribe. The show's audience needs to keep growing for me to continue making it because it's going to get harder and harder for me to find new guests unless uh, more people know about it. So please, share it with all your old-time bluegrass and otherwise folksy friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week for more Get Up in the Cool. 